0: If you're sick and tired of hearing these pre-show announcements, fear not, they are ending shortly, as we are at the time of the release of this episode, almost exactly one month out from the Baltimore Podcast Festival. We've got something exciting to tell you. And that is what movie we will be talking about. So we want you to come ready to hear us, maybe participate a little bit, we're still trying to figure that out. If you want to get the full experience of this, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dissecting the 80s, and watch our little video. However, we're going to let you know right now that we're going to be watching Dirty, dirty Dancing. Dancing. The tale had the time of my life. The tale of a young girl's sexual awakening of a dance. very young
1: girl <laughs> and a very old man.
0: The sexual awakening of a mid-teenager as
1: told through dance.
0: All kinds. There's tango
1: and there's waltz and there's dirty
0: So come see us Saturday, August 6th, the wind-up space, 12 West North Avenue in Baltimore.
1: I will be dressed like Jennifer Grey. (laughs) Spoiler alert.
0: And we will be dirty dancing.
1: No, I mean, we, we, together, will not be dirty dancing. We'll be talking
0: dirty dancing. That's much better. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little bit weird i guess yeah. otherwise don't you forget the old day welcome to dissecting the 80s i am one half of the mega podcasting powers trip lano with me as always a man who we wouldn't want in charge of landing airplanes and is totally capable of hard boiling an egg the macho Andrew, drew andrew
1: lano actually that was like a really proud like adult moment in my life what's that when i was able to Bo- like do a hard boiled egg myself <laughs> that is like I, the I, basic. i googled <laughs> it but i just wanted to be sure it's like how I, and i googled how to mango because i was like i don't know how the fuck to cut this i bought this with like, the best of intentions and then realized i had no idea how to like do anything with it and you figured it out oh yeah
0: okay.
1: that was like i was like i'm an adult now <laughs> how to mango yeah I, that's literally what I did googled. it come
0: up with like did you mean how to tango because that is surely what it thought you meant
1: no, I wish, but I did the thing, you know how Google is now super smart, and when you type something, it'll pop up what it, like, the like the content of uh-huh, the page uh-huh. it thinks you need at the top, so it was like, here's how you cut a mango,
0: like <laughs> this, and I was like, "You Google, you get me. <laughs> well, it's about to be full-on summertime, happy 4th of July, everybody, we hope that you're not sitting in traffic while you listen to this.
1: I mean, not a bad way to pass the time.
0: Hopefully this makes your traffic journey a little bit better. We decided there was no better way to get into summertime than with one of our family's treasured summertime classics
1: that no one else has ever <laughs> seen. John Candy
0: in Summer, Summer Rental. Rental.
1: You know what that means. We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your regatta, Marty. Something's gotta be done about your regatta. When the mega powers
0: explode. I'm talking about the 80-80.
1: Yeah. power yeah. when this baby hits 88
0: miles per hour you to see some serious shit
1: in my defense it kind of sounded like ricotta. <laughs> it does
0: sound like ricotta. this is a perfectly silly little 80s movie and is kind of like the quintessential thing I love about 80s movies because the stakes didn't have to be so freaking high at all times. See, I wrote that that kind of bothered me a little bit. What do you mean? It felt, it felt like there was no high stakes. Right, the stakes are very low. It's like, does this family get to have the rest of their vacation or not? That is what hangs like, in the balance. But
1: like, never once throughout the movie was there one instance of a high stakes. And I was like, I would like once. I think it needs every movie needs one moment of high stakes somewhere.
0: What I really loved about this was that the stakes stay at a reasonable level because I feel like most people in their day-to-day life... Don't have that high of stakes to deal with, and like yeah, no. You watch a movie like we're the Millers*, and it's like three or four regular people, and I like that movie. Like, it's pretty funny. It's yeah.
1: fun. It's actually I I watched it and I was pleasant. Yeah, surprised.
0: it's not like the greatest movie ever made. It's not like the greatest comedy of all time, but it's a perfectly pleasant little Hot movie. Hot fuzzes. Yeah, but
1: Hot Fuzz is the greatest comedy ever made. Just the that is the opinion of this podcast. Yeah, I, I
0: would agree with that. I wasn't arguing it, but so I, I just really like that in like a movie like that like now your average mid-range comedy in in this era has huge stakes like 21 jump street they're trying to save a huge drug bust and where the millers there's these, they're getting shot at and stuff and so it was nice just to be like yeah like the worst that happens is he loses a thousand bucks which like for his job
1: isn't that yeah, bad? i mean he would live it would suck that, that might that might be like probably a couple days worth of work for
0: him Based on his job. Yeah, he seems pretty well-to-do, upper-middle class. Anyway, this is the story of Jack Chester, played by John Candy, who has sort of a breakdown at work as an air traffic controller and ends up having to take his family on vacation. That's it. See, I think this is the part where I wanted some high stakes. Like, the
1: fly on the screen bit, like, the whole crux, like, the movie is set in motion by the fact that there's a fly that landed on his yeah. screen and he couldn't see one of the airplane dots. And he had, like, a very small, like, freak-out moment that was very contained, and that spawns the company being, like, you need to go on vacation, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of wanted, like, a little more him to be a little more panicky about it.
0: Well, yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have a full-on freak-out, and he did lose an airplane. That's what
1: I, that's what I wanted. I wanted that to be the moment of,
0: this is the high stakes, and, like, oh, crap, I need, uh-oh. I i I could I would totally be down with that. I so fine. Let's let's back like a slight bit up from that and start with the beginning of the movie cuz there's a couple things I really like but, in this opening scene that comes just before the fly.
1: Andy from the Goonies. Yes.
0: So, uh we're having breakfast. We got Andy from the Goonies. We got uh Joey Lawrence. Whoa. And <laughs> we got Sandy, Jack's wife. We got a tiny baby who has like Oh, she's not like an actual baby. She's like a toddler, but she has like eight lines of dialogue in this movie, one of which we will get to is the craziest thing that's ever happened, I think, in cinema it, history. It's the best. It's the best. But it's like crazy, hectic. Everybody's trying to, he's trying to get off to work. And they're like a lot of it is dialogue that we're not seeing what's happening, which is kind of a brilliant cost-saving thing from a movie standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, just pan slowly past the outside of this yeah. house
1: and uh, get the actors to come in for five minutes to record some. Voiceover. Like.
0: And good. There's our opening scene. We didn't have to shoot anything. Good job. And
1: some great soundtrack work. It's very tropical. There's some steel drums. It's, it's, it sets the it's mood. It's our boy,
0: Alan Silvestri.
1: I know. Brilliant friend of the podcast, Alan Silvestri. L- Back to the Future. Longtime friend of the show. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Like, that is one of my favorite movies yeah, ever.
0: He's wonderful. Um, but Joey Lawrence is learning how to cook, and so he makes breakfast for his dad, which is spaghetti and a hard boiled egg.
1: Yeah, one out of 2. Although like I think breakfast pasta, I would like come up with that, like put some bacon and some eggs, scrambled eggs in there. It's uh basically yeah. carbonara.
0: That's yeah. breakfast pasta. I'd even be down with like spaghetti and red sauce for breakfast.
1: Oh, I mean I've done that before, <laughs> obviously. But I just meant like trying to think of a way like to a make breakfast like breakfast pasta. Like yeah, it's got some scrambled eggs, got some bacon, it's got um, I don't know, some sausage crumbles.
0: Yeah, I, I get down with that. But so he decides not to have uh, spaghetti and take the eggs on the road, and he's he's got his hard boiled eggs. He eats the first one, and then surprise, surprise, the second egg that he asked his kid to throw in not cooked. So yolk and <laughs> cracked all over the dashboard, and his it's like. I forgot 80s cars looked like it's that. It's like dripping in under the radio and stuff. It's really quite- Into, dis- this, into the tape uh-huh. deck. So forever you're going to have the smell of vaguely rotten egg in the car. Um, and I also realized there's another great bit where he's like digging around on the radio and it's like evangelical- Literally all the <laughs> Yes. It's just even evangelism, evangelism, evangelism. Like pre-podcast commuting sucked. Like, you're welcome, everybody who's listening to this on a commute, because you could be in Jack Jester's world where it is purely evangelical Christian radio, and that sounds awful.
1: And there were no cup holders. You had to, like, stick one on
0: top of your dashboard. You had to buy an aftermarket cup holder. (laughs) Yeah, that was really... Is that the phrase? No, that's right. Uh, So he goes to work. He's an air traffic controller. We have the...
1: Also, can we just, like, John Candy is a national treasure. (laughs) We do say that every time we talk about him. I just want to say that it's it bears repeating because he is easily one of my top two movie comedians of all time.
0: Yeah. I realized when watching this, I kind of was trolling through his IMDb page because obviously we're going to cover as much of it as we can. I mean, a lot of it is stuff we like too much to probably do an episode about, but I came. I realized there's a ton of stuff he did that I've never seen. So I'm gonna try to be filling in my John Candy gap. Although it's one of those, really? have I only seen the great ones, and the rest of them are gonna make me disappointed? Because that's a possibility. Well,
1: no, because I because I thought he did very well in Volunteers. That's true. Like he was a very shining bit of Volunteers. I think he himself, because he is just such. I, I wrote this out. He's just such a brilliant, committed comedian. Like no matter the bit he's on board a hundred percent like trying to squiggle his big ass out of the car window he just he's always there he's always on board and present and i love that he's
0: extremely consistent like his performances don't have a like all of the over the top performance parts are balanced by little quiet moments where he does just tiny little stuff little facial expressions or little little line readings that just kill me mm -hmm. and he he
1: even like every uh, he always has the moment where he bonds with the kid yes and that's you're like, oh crap! You're like a real actor. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You actually am, like connect and emote yeah. and make me feel for you. If
0: If John Candy was around in this era, he would have gotten some director would have put him in like a really serious movie, and he would have gotten nominated for an Oscar.
1: It would have been that similar to. Didn't Adam Sandler do that movie about the? Yeah, nine um,
0: eleven. Punch drunk love.
1: No, not nine eleven. The other one where he was the comedian with cancer.
0: Oh, that was. Uh,
1: Funny people. Funny friends? Funny people. Funny people. Yeah.
0: But that was still like a comedy. Mm. I'm talking about like he would have gotten cast in like a – like I know he was in JFK, but he would have gotten cast in more dramatic roles I feel like had he –
1: Yeah, he would have been been like the headliner of the serious movie and just slayed it across the board.
0: Yeah, like, Like how great would it be to watch him do something really against type and watch him be like a psycho murderer?
1: You mean like Robin Williams yeah. did in One Hour yeah. Photo, and just everyone was like, "Oh God, <laughs> right, you're horrified." Yeah.
0: Like all that stuff, it would have been great. Yeah, even obviously, had he not passed, he would have been much older, and those roles would have been interesting to see how that shook out. But I was—I actually kind
1: of want to see if some—if anyone's ever recut the Uncle Buck, Uncle Buck into a horror. There's term. no
0: way it hasn't been done. It's so easily put into horror terms. That movie is amazing. It's ridiculous.
1: We are not referring to the television series remake that is not as good we are referring to the classic movie yeah, also what is it with tv like tv versions of 80s stuff adventures in babysitting uh-huh. uncle buck like what's well, happening well
0: you know what? not to give too much away but this fall we're getting both Beverly Hills Cop and MacGyver again
1: yeah i don't understand what's next Beverly Hills Stay tuned by the way <laughs> Yeah, bears repeating. He's a national treasure. Even when he has like a two second part in a movie, like um, Little Shop of Horrors, he shows up for half a second to be the radio DJ, and just it kills yeah. it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I totally, totally wonderful. And also, since we brought this up before, we'll just since we're doing the other half of this sandwich. Uh, back in November for T. Hanks we did uh, Volunteers, which is Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks and John Candy, and that movie, John Candy plays a high school. I'm sorry, a college senior. This movie came out literally one week later, and he has three children. <laughs> so.
1: And both, you don't, you, you, it's not far, you're not, you're not kind of taken aback and gone, oh no. No, yeah, that's it
0: happening. totally seems fine, which is ridiculous and a testament, again, to how wonderful John Candy is. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jack is overworked. He's told to take a vacation because he doesn't know how to relax, which is something I think yeah, we can probably he- relate to
1: a mandatory five and i was like oh five days off and then the u-haul and i was like wait no it's five yeah. weeks that's a lot of that's a lot of given time think it's kind of a
0: suspension yeah gotcha. i think it's kind of uh, he's in a union this is like a mark against him he needs to like have a cool off period kind of thing
1: okay I can that see is that. the
0: impression i got from this movie because he it pays for the vacation in increments so i don't know if he like ex- yeah, I don't know. He it does
1: because th- it sounded like they paid for yes it, the vacation. Like they they covered the cost of the rent, right. It seemed, and like. then
0: he went to pay the last one. He went for like another two weeks to get, I guess, extend it, and that's what we paid that last check. But we'll get to that part. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we hop in the U-Haul, we haul our asses from Georgia down to Florida, and this sets up what this movie is going to be, which is the bougie folks versus the.
1: Yeah, they, they waste no time getting us to the summer vacation no, part. No, we're... There is no, mo- like, road trip montage nope, at all. we
0: got no holiday road here. There's no Christy Brinkley mm-hmm. in a sports car.
1: You have about five seconds of steel drums as it fades from Georgia yeah, to Florida. Yep,
0: yep. And he's like, hey, we're here, which I kind of dug. Like, we just let's just get to vacation time.
1: We get introduced to the beautiful house they will be staying in for their five weeks of fun in the sun.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and we got some real jerkwad neighbors. The kids go down to play on the beach. John Candy's with them. The wife went to get some groceries and he's just like settling in on a lawn chair. They enjoying himself or a beach chair rather and they're eating their lunch.
1: He says I'm Jack your neighbor and you and you are and they say having lunch like the ultimate like see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <shutdown> <laughs> yeah, get move. the fuck
0: out of here. I don't want to see your dumb f- fat face. Uh, so yeah, to
1: recall from um, uh, over the top These people are the shoulder sweater boat shoes people. Yes,
0: absolutely they are. So he falls asleep. He gets woken up by the shadow of a crab over his face, and he has just a massive F.U. sunburn. Heart attack. Oh, well, that too. But he also has a sunburn that looks like someone had a magnifying glass over him while he fell asleep. (laughs) It
1: looked like you laid him on a grill and just (laughs) gave him a quick sear.
0: Uh, so we decide to go out for dinner and he can barely even like drive the car cause he can't put his arms down cause the, the horrible sunburn. Have you
1: ever been that burned? Like I, I, on the underside of your arms? On
0: the underside of my arms? No. I've been badly sunburned like that where I okay. can't really move.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause I can't imagine having the underside of my arms so like so painful that you couldn't
0: put them yeah, down. No, I, I have never had that happen mercifully. So we're introduced to our perfect heel this movie because there's a nice little, Uh, a couple of scenes where they're waiting in line to eat dinner and it's one of those fancy seafood house vacation type places that there's like a two hour wait a
1: big old tank of lobster just full to the brim and as they're waiting more and more we watch the lobster level get lower and lower and eventually he gets fed he keeps being like how long your your table is in a little bit sir yeah a little little bit sir a little
0: bit a little bit a little bit and then finally, they're right in the front of the line, and in walks Al, the heel of this movie, who takes both his table and all of the lobsters, and he is just such a quintessential fuckface. Like... he's He's been in other stuff, right? A few things, but this is, I think, probably the best work of his, his whole career, and I mean that as a compliment, because this character is amazing.
1: Oh, yeah, this character is just brilliant.
0: It's a fairly standard 80s archetype of, like, asshole rich douche monster, like what have we had 10 of those on the show over the years yeah right oh he was in Rambo oh that's right he plays he's in the all of the first three Rambo movies he has Mm -hmm. a pretty big part in Rambo
1: and then he's uncredited in the fourth one
0: but he comes in takes away the lobsters takes his table and then orders all the lobsters to which causes John Candy to have I think a bigger freak out than he did about losing an airplane yeah right
1: (laughs) but also provided our family with one of the most quotable actions in cinema history I think yes up there with, you're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: That's no moon. Up there
1: with, like that's no moon. Like I for our a family about
0: this, there. I
1: feel like we're not in Kansas anymore. For the gays, <laughs> where John Candy hits the table. This is my table, and then slams the plate of lobsters twice and says, "These are my lobsters." And then the the jackass rich dude fires back and slams again and slams on his wife
0: and wait, so wait, wait. The, Don't poop, the- he's like oh i suppose this is and he slaps her like he slaps her pretty good your wife not her face like slaps her on the shoulders or you know these are your shorts and he like stands up and start taking off his belt like it's amazing and then the the part where he goes from like, oh, this guy's a jerk to like, oh, fuck this guy is when the wife tries to be, he's like, I suppose these are your boxer shorts. And he starts undoing his fly, and the wife goes like, hey, oh, and he's like, like he shuts, he shushes her like a total fuckstick, and it is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but the double slap, this is your something it's just been a a quote from our in our family for years
0: (laughs) oh yeah that's probably in the top five most repeated movie lines in our family and and no one ever knows what the hell you're talking about because literally no one has seen this movie except
1: like what bit's that from summer rental oh (laughs) what what else else is that it's not
0: (laughs) it's a whole movie it's ridiculous
1: so then we get introduced they leave in a huff saying there's rats and then we get introduced to the gem of the film, Rip Torn as Scully.
0: Scully's catching the day!
1: Uh, it's He's just a delight. <laughs> just an utter delight in this film.
0: I know Rip Torn has kind of gone off the deep end, but until, like, 2008, everything about him was just a thing that I loved.
1: He's just, he's just, like, a, adorable and, and, like, funny and fun. And
0: ridiculous. Like, him, him on Dirty oh, yeah. Rock is wonderful. Oh, he's Men great. in black. I, I just... I'm a big... I'm in that bag for Rip Torn, but he... We're
1: not hosting an intergalactic kegger.
0: <laughs> yes. And it is, like, peak ridiculous Rip Torn that they're like, all right, so you're going to be a pirate for this whole movie?
1: Like, you have a hook hand. <laughs> we're leaning into the pirate thing. Your restaurant is a literal boat, like an actual boat on the water.
0: <laughs> and you are just dressed like a pirate for the whole movie.
1: And he was like, on board, where do I yep. sign?
0: He doesn't have a crutch, right? Okay. No. I don't think so. So... I don't so they, they pull into this place, Scully's, and John Candy's like, The guy at the gas station said it was great. No, I think it's called the Barnacle. No, that's right. They, that's correct. Because the boat's called that the is Barnacle. Correct. The restaurant's called the Barnacle. And it was recommended by a guy at a gas station. So they ask Scully for what his special is, and he's like, Scully's catch of the day, fresh grouper, lightly breaded, and pan fried until golden brown. And they, they order it, and it gets shouted down to the kitchen, and the guy just unstacks five things of fish sticks.
1: Like like Gordon's not Gordon's fisherman, but the equivalent, essentially the equivalent, the movie equivalent of Gordon's fisherman. It's amazing. Stay tuned. He's not going anywhere for very long.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we're he's he's not in and out of this movie. This is not one of those war game scenes where just a character is introduced and then disappears forever. We're we're going to be hanging out with Rip Torn for the duration of the film. So buckle up those seatbelts.
1: He he'll, he's gone, but not for long. So just stay tuned, yeah. kids.
0: So we've had a long day. We go back home, everybody's asleep, and then at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, the...
1: Well, also, hang on, I, this, I just, I like that this movie has, like, this scene where his wife's, like, putting Naxima on his, all over his sunburn. And it reminded me very much of the scene from The Great Outdoors, which is another lesser-known John Candy film, I think. Uh, probably. Um, And it's just, he always, if he has a wife in a movie, it's always, it's never, like, the played-for- laughs, Like she like, she's way too hot for yeah. him, and over it like it's always a very loving mutual respect relationship
0: well the other thing too and we often talk about stuff we like about 80s movies but we have yet to have I'm sure that they existed I don't want to say like blanket that never happened but the levels of attractiveness of the couples in these movies aren't as widely disparate as they are now like uh the hot TV wife with the fat slob guy wasn't a thing in the 80s. Because, I mean, not that these women aren't attractive, mm-hmm. but, like, John Cannon, also, a, I mean, he's a big dude, but he's a, he's not, like, some hideous chut. He doesn't. Oh, yeah, John Cannon's got a very handsome yeah, face. Yeah, but he's, you know, a very large dude. But his wife is, like, an attractive, regular-looking human being. She's not, like, a 10, and she's just. Yeah, she's not Chrissy Brinkley. Right, but she's, like, the appropriate, they're, like, all of the couples in the movie are, like, the appropriate levels of attractive, for the most part. And ages. Yeah, yeah. So, after the Noxema, everybody goes to sleep, and at like four in the morning, the front door gets opened, and we have this delightful sequence where, as we describe this to you, I want you to keep in mind that John Candy is basically a geisha.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect, because it's not intentional, and it's never said... But the joke is there, and it's wonderful. He's
0: wearing a kimono, and he has Noxzima all over his face, which is very... This is, like, white face, and... And it's been wiped off
1: two little bits of his uh-huh. cheek.
0: And he just straight up looks like a geisha. And it's a nice little, uh...
1: The only thing more they could have done is put a black towel in his Yes, hair.
0: and that would have been probably too much. Uh-huh. But what happens is the family that owns this ridiculously nice house comes home and is like, What are you people doing at our home? And so he shows them the receipt, like, no, I
1: I bought this I rented this place, blah 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 and they're on beach lane, not beach road where they're supposed to be. Which just seems like ridiculous that there's a beach lane and a that's beach. That's bad road town planning,
0: town. for to be frank. That's just bad town planning. Yeah. It's awful so we have to quickly like shuffle out the door at four o'clock in the morning
1: and the wives have this very lovely like casual discussion (laughs) which is one of my favorite jokes in movies like when there's a very awkward scene but two people are just having like the most casual conversation about something mundane
0: like closet size
1: it gets me every time and I don't know why
0: And there's a couple great little moments just as they're exiting the house, like some gifted physical comedy, as you'd expect from John Candy, where he drops the bag of dog kibble and the dog starts eating it. The like 18 pound (laughs) bag of dog food. And they're like, just, just leave that. So he leaves and then he has like the, oh, I forgot something return where he's like, I forgot my Noxzema. And he comes walking down the stairs with his daughter, who he also forgot the youngest
1: (laughs) and my daughter. And she goes, I peed the bed. I peed my bed. And he goes, "No honey, you peed their bed and then they leave.
0: <laughs> yes it's it's a delightful little scene. um of
1: course, I do wish they came back. I was hoping that I always like kind of hoped this family like showed up again at the end at the regatta. yeah, it
0: would have been nice if you if they were like another regatta boat, that would have been a cool little mm-hmm. Easter egg kind of deal. Uh, so we go to the house that they've actually rented, which is
1: basically a hovel <laughs> it's and and here's the thing: two thousand dollars in nineteen eighty five is a lot is a fair amount of money, right? yeah. Like that's a fair yeah. amount. And to be fair, this house this, is
0: literally on the beach. It it's is. a piece of crap, it but it is literally steps. On. Like you're walking out the front, out the back door onto the beach.
1: Yeah, on the right side of the house is the constru- heavy construction. On the left side is the public beach access, and then just on the other side of that is the all the hot life yeah. and their jockstraps. So
0: that's what we're working with here.
1: That that's what that's just to visualize.
0: And this is this is one of the other ones that I've be, is a back pocket quoter for me because there's all these people streaming by out the window while they're having breakfast, and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" And he walks outside, and there's just this endless parade of people, and he finally asks somebody, "Like, what's happening?" And this dude burps right in his face, and he points, and it's like public be- beach access is literally touching the house, and mm-hmm. John Candy's response is, "Well, I'm Joe Public. Welcome to my beach." and that's like a a back pocket one for me where I'm like I'm Joe public welcome to my whatever the thing is Mm -hmm. so that's this this movie has permeated my reference library in a way that is uh deeply upsetting for most of the world who has no idea what it's talking about
1: 99% of
0: the world um
1: he goes to take his youngest to daycare, yeah. which always confused me watching th- Okay, daycare. I was. I'm
0: glad you brought it up, because I was going to say, too, like, it's kind of effed up that the whole family's going on vacation, and they're like, oh, we're going to sit on the beach all day, but we'd rather put our young daughter in nursery school than hang out with her. It mm-hmm. seems
1: a little ridiculous. Like, just leave her at home, then. Yeah. Put her in a crate, <laughs> send her to the put kennel, then. Like, <laughs> like, if that's how you're going to treat her,
0: then just... Okay, be- nursery school is a little better than a kennel. <laughs>
1: No, but that's a, like essentially they're just like, we don't give a shit about like dealing with you, so p- put you somewhere. Like If you're not going to deal with her while you're on vacation, don't take her then.
0: Yeah, see, I thought it was going to be one of those movie things where it's like, oh, we need to get her away for a few scenes. But they don't because the immediate follow-up is like, oh, nursery school's been canceled because Mother Goose retired. So there's not even a payoff where, from a movie perspective, of like, oh, we can write the little kid out of it for an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just an odd little subplot that makes no sense.
1: Yeah, it pops up and it doesn't really get mentioned I much.
0: think that should go under our typical, gotta get to 85 minutes.
1: Yeah, it is an 86 minute movie <laughs> and it is squeezing the rag for every last minute. You
0: could probably knock this movie out in a tight 75 without losing anything.
1: And I like this I think movie. you could make, I think you could probably make it a 60.
0: <laughs> get close to a put it, like, or a yeah, drama. Yeah, make
1: it into a, yeah, or a two, like a, a movie, like a, a TV movie.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you also where it's an hour and a half with commercial breaks, but it's an hour. Yeah, alone. Yeah.
0: You also neglected to mention that all these lifeguards that look next door just look like a parade of '80s wrestlers. No, I
1: thought I thought at like the like '80s Abercrombie model. Oh no,
0: he's got that like curly mullet thing going on, like the lead.
1: But didn't everyone
0: do that? Yeah, but that's like wrestler hair, bleached blonde curly mullet. That's like peak wrestler hair.
1: And it is just a laundry line of jock straps. Yeah
0: of various sizes.
1: Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious.
0: It's the only thing they a Wash apparently. Mm-hmm. So, here's another weird thing in this movie, and this, I honestly, I've seen this movie 25 times easily. I just noticed this for the first time watching it the, for the show. Go. John Candy is from Georgia. He works at the Atlanta airport. He,
1: and he wears a... Chicago Blackhawks red, jersey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't get it. And he, and it's not... I, so, I, I did some research on this because I was befuddled, because... John Candy is not from Chicago. He's Canadian and is a, was a huge hockey fan, but he grew up near Toronto. So there's, a, there's like, I couldn't find this to be listed as a fact anywhere, but he owned part of the Toronto CFL team. So really, yeah. so there's no way a guy who grew up near Toronto isn't a Maple Leafs fan. I mean, there's just no way. So I started thinking, is it like possibly a fake trick you into thinking this is a John Hughes movie thing? I think
1: it might be because it's on the it's on the cover of the DVD I know. and the poster.
0: I know, and
1: I say holding up the DVD, <laughs> and
0: they cover up the logo on the sweater, but it's still obviously a Blackhawk sweater. And I wondered if it was like just trying to trick you into this being thinking this is John Hughes related because it does certainly certainly look like that. It feels like it a little bit. So yeah, I just I, that's what I I think I think that might be the culprit is they were trying to sneak in a uh, fake John Hughes sequence. Um, we get a nice little beach day thing going on he's with his daughter trying to get to the family and he's pouring water all everybody just
1: ruining everything <laughs> and it's a classic like goofball pratfall for 20 minutes Not 20. it's like a, a two-minute sequence that's just
0: it's basically an obstacle course for john candy to walk through and just keep making goops and he just gets just rapid fire physical gags and verbal gags and stuff he's just as we said A treasure. He's pouring water on Mm -hmm. somebody's grill and putting it out and then being like, can't have a fire on the beach. He's like, don't.
1: It's legal. Yeah.
0: And he just like, he just, everything is just wonderful. He's, he's, he's a champ. Uh, And we get a nice little montage of him playing with a kid. He's playing some Frisbee. The Frisbee gets caught underneath a couple who's making out.
1: And she calls him an octopus. Like she's making out with a dude and like is calling him like sexy names and she calls him an octopus. Well, I think that's because
0: she, he has two hands on her shoulders and she feels a hand under her butt
1: oh got yeah. it because like i love octopods like they are one of my favorite animals because they're brilliant but i'm not gonna like in bed be like oh you're an octopus <laughs> can we gross. Can we not bring weird.
0: japanese tentacle stuff into this podcast can we yeah. leave it at like, home that's weird can we leave it at home um,
1: but i also realized that like a beach that crowded would give me so much anxiety yeah i was like No, we're done i'm going there's home just
0: there's three inches between beach towels i mean they're right on top of each other it's, oh, oh my god, I, such claustrophobia. <laughs> then we play a little volleyball, which of course turns into like John Candy knocking down the net. Face full of sand. You know, big ol' sad John Candy. Um, And so, 32 minutes. And then
1: now he's a sailor, because the story called for
0: it. Well, he said he learned to sail at summer camp.
1: I know, but there, there was literally no mention of sailing until this point.
0: I think that was supposed to be like the character just like forgot he liked sailing, because he... Don't think there's a lot of boating in Atlanta.
1: Well, no. I just, I just thought it would have been nice to have one reference before this point. Uh, if, if before, we had actually, s- for all of a sudden, it would, he's a it would have been
0: nice to hear any mention of it. I suppose that's true. Or uh, even just a line of dialogue in the scene where they're at the restaurant and the kid brings up the sailing regatta.
1: Mm-hmm. Or even if his his like his car had a little sailboat. Toy See, I don't, I don't on the think dashboard. it's. I think
0: it's, that's too much, I don't think it's. I think it's supposed to be like a recessed memory thing. Like, oh, I used to do that. Not like. Well, no,
1: I don't mean like every like talked about. But if there was, if that just sat on his dashboard and wasn't talked about. I guess, but like, if you have of, it on
0: your dashboard, I have to think you're like a regular sailor.
1: That's that's true. In any case, that's true.
0: Thirty-two minutes in, and our movie is in motion because we're going out on a sailboat. With uh John Candy and Joey Lawrence.
1: He goes he goes to rent a sailboat and they're like the lady's like, They're all rented out for the regatta, but there is one place you can rent a sailboat, I guess. And it's Scully.
0: <laughs> the triumphant return of Scully. It, it was a whole ten minutes without him, it was a rough ten minutes.
1: So they're out on the boat, sailing the waters.
0: He's teaching his kids Which A
1: holes he- yeah, around. And he's
0: teaching his kid the basics of sailing and, and, and whatnot. And then, of course, they crash right into the rich asshole's boat and put a hold in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And get into a scuffle about the right-of-way. Which, as someone who doesn't sail, I don't know which one of them was right.
0: I tend to think that the larger craft has to get out of the way of the smaller craft. Or, I'm sorry, the smaller craft is usually supposed to get out of the way of the larger craft.
1: I was going to say, because I would think the smaller craft has more, like, handling.
0: Yeah, typ- typically... I do have my boating license in Delaware. I don't recall the sailing portion. Oh, I forgot that. But the typically the smaller craft gives get, gets out of the way of the bigger craft. Sort of law of the jungle.
1: That would make sense. Although it's the opposite of uh, – I realize that's the opposite of how roads work.
0: Yes, the bigger objects give way on the road. Yeah. So John Candy's leg is all busted up, and he's in an air cast, and it's raining, so we get a classic raining on your vacation at the beach. What do you do? You go to the movies. But without your husband. <laughs> because he won't get off the couch because he's depressed. Mm-hmm. Also, it didn't look like there was a ton of great movies available that he would be interested in. Yeah, no. Um, but that's where, this is where we meet. And so this is a subplot in this movie that I think, like, there must be a cut of this where this is a thing. Like In the novelization of this movie, <laughs>
1: this is a subplot. That, like, this is important. I
0: like that you think there's a novelization of Summer Rental.
1: There is, but in my head, I, I was—I always like to say in the novelization of this film.
0: We got a great job for you, Jim. We need you to novelize Summer Rental. <laughs> isn't, isn't that movie really only carried by John Candy's visual humor? Nope. People need to read it. They need to know what's happening in the background.
1: Do they even still do novelizations of movies? I would
0: imagine so. I haven't seen one in years, but I also don't do a lot of time trolling bookstores.
1: Well, yeah, I can see that.
0: Actually, at this point, it would probably just be like a comic book version of something.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: so there in the novelization clearly would be more about this subplot with John Laroquette because it's set up to be like John Larroquette steals his wife away.
1: Yeah, it was definitely implied that something was about to happen. <laughs> yeah, so
0: John Laroquette is a divorced man who's on vacation with his son, and he covers the tickets for the Chester family who have are without money because the mom forgot her wallet. And they, like, for the rest of the movie, are, like, hanging out with John Larroquette all the time. And we don't see any of this because we're hanging out with John Candy. John Candy and Scully. And so it's just, like, clearly there is a version of this movie where he was getting cheated upon or it was a thing.
1: Or, like, in, like definitely about, like he, like, he went in for the kiss
0: and the wife was like, no, I'm yeah, married. That That is a thing that had to have happened in some version of this movie as it was written. But I also love, there's a great joke at the theater. Uh, there's a Footloose poster on the wall. And, and uh, I almost called her Andy. That's not her name in this movie. Uh, Andy from the Goonies, who's not playing Andy from the Goonies because this is a different movie. Um,
1: this And this is the line that I quote the most from this movie. Which one? Wham 104. Oh. Uh, and because she's got the, the big old radio headphones that you could tune into a specific station just for you. And she and the other cute teen boy are listening to them and haven't taken them off. And he's like... What are you listening to? She goes, Wham one oh four and like nods her head. So every time I see someone with big ass headphones like the ones I'm currently wearing, (laughs) I'm always like Wham one (laughs) oh four
0: But what I love is he tunes his headphones to wham one oh four while standing in front of a footloose poster and it's the dung dung -dung." (laughs) Which is just a nice little subtle bit of reinforcing there. Uh, also a paramount picture. So while the family's off doing this, John Candy's at home uh laying around watching golf on a shitty television and the dog ends up blocking him out of the house and sitting in his yes. chair
1: as though it has gained sentience.
0: Yeah. Um and we end up meeting the neighbor. No, that's the next day. Oh, is it the next day?
1: Yeah, the next day they go Oh, it's like out. A,
0: it does like almost like a star wipe, right? Where he gets locked out and it's mm-hmm. like whoop, next morning. Whoop. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So they're going off the hang with John Larroquette again, because, again, there is clearly a weird
1: extra... Like, in his speedboat, and he got a divorce last summer, and... Yeah. Every, like, all the signs point to, this should be a, a conflict in this yes. movie, but it's not.
0: Absolutely not. Not even a little bit. Uh, so John is left at home again, and the neighbor lady comes over to visit. And he drops his iced tea picture. because yes, she's, like, 80s model looking. And... Mm-hmm. He goes over to her place and she whips out her breasts and is like, do these look real to you? Which sets up, I guess, the C-plot of this movie, basically. The running gag? But it's happened so much. It's like A-plot is John Candy and Scully. B-plot is the family's adventure. And the C-plot is this woman showing her breasts to people.
1: But I think I think what really, like, I think what clinches this joke as super solid is how unfazed the hus- her husband is yes. with it every time she does it he's like would you just stop it's so much f- buddy would you please tell her they <laughs> look great like come on just get, help it's me out it's so
0: here. much funnier that he's not a dick about it it, it yes. makes it it's it's hysterical because he's just exhausted at her taking her breasts out all the time instead of being like that's my wife which is what I totally mm-hmm. would have expected
1: or, her, or like her hiding it and being like oh don't tell my husband yeah. and putting him away
0: like it's it's perfect the way it and is. And th- this brings up one of the, as we said before, as I said before, great line readings from John Candy. They're sitting on the couch. She whips him out, and he's like trying not to look at her. He's just like barely making eye contact, and like, no, nope, yeah, they look great, very, very natural. And then there's this like deep guttural like loogie hawking from an upstairs bedroom, and he's <sighs> just he turns to her. Would that be Ed? And she's like, oh yeah. He's like, uh, excuse me, I'm a dead man. And he like gets, he's trying to get up with his broken leg, and pops his air cast and this is the first time we see Ed not care but be annoyed Like come, but he comes
1: down the stairs and you instantly think he's gonna be the like macho man like I'm gonna break your neck for looking at my wife guy yeah. and he's instantly not no. at all
0: and while John Candy was over, we got this great montage of people from the beach just coming up and using the house one by one, like all giving permission to well, each other. You know,
1: it's it started with this one lady who pissed me off because she first let her daughter go inside the house. Yes,
0: yeah, to use the bathroom.
1: Which is a what we a barn. <laughs> and then a dude comes up and is like, "Hey, I'm really sorry to bother you. I'm dying of thirst. Can I get a glass of water?" And she says, "Help yourself,
0: like lady." You're already breaking and entering. Don't give other people permission to break and enter.
1: And pretend like it's yours. Like, lady. Lady.
0: Yeah. The response should be, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, We're just using the bathroom. This isn't my house. But because of this, the house is full of people. Like, there's a guy making eggs. There's a guy making a long-distance phone call talking about a suit. There's people waiting in line to use the phone. There's people just all over the house. And John Candy...
1: It's basically an enclosed cabana. Yes.
0: And John Candy comes home and has a full on freak out with his crutch. He starts, he like sweeps off a counter and makes a huge mess. He starts smashing it on the wall, like, get out! It's
1: the best, <laughs> his freak out. And
0: I also, this is another thing that I don't know if I have seen before, but he goes into his bedroom where a guy is sitting on their bed with the TV on the foot of the bed, smoking cigarettes in the bed with the dog. It's Burp Guy from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he threatens to hit him with a crutch, and Burp Guy. Immediately yes. runs out, terrified. Uh, so, is this where we get?
1: There's also no resolution to that. Like the wife never comes home. Like, assu- we assume John Candy got the whole house cleaned up before the family is yeah, home because there's no no mention no of this. never again.
0: I he well he what else did he have to do other than clean it up? I
1: like, guess I feel like I would have just left. I would have gone right to Scully's. And yeah, got but drunk.
0: like then it's like what you do today. Oh, I saw another woman's breast, and then a bunch of people went into our house. That's, yeah, that's okay. that seems fair like that seems like enough. a tough story you. to explain to your wife. I get it. Okay. <laughs> but he does go get drunk with Scully. In matching shirt and yes. shorts. Uh, and I-, I love a good getting drunk scene in a movie. It's something we haven't seen enough of on this show, despite how many movies about bars and drinking we've done. Right. But it's a good old-fashioned drunkarooski, and my favorite part of the drunk montage is when they're playing darts and just throwing them all over the bar. <laughs>
1: They're landing everywhere but the dartboard. There's a dart
0: in the ceiling fan. There's a dart in Scully's wooden arm. There's a... In a glass, shattered. There's just darts everywhere, and they count... Like, Scully somehow is keeping score with this nonsense going on and, and like, tallying it up between the two of them. Uh, And then John Candy and him go out in the boat.
1: He's like, I need to teach you to sail. Like, I promised you that first day when you ruined
0: the boat. And... John Candy throws up mm, four hundred pounds of oyster crackers. I think. Oh, I think so. If not more, uh, and then he starts feeling better, so he asks Scully to sing a sea shanty, and instead, Scully sings the theme to the Love Boat as a she- sea shanty.
1: <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like a weird version of the scene from Great Outdoors with him and his son in the boat in the moonlight. Oh yeah,
0: when there's like it's like awkwardly romantic with the dad and the kid. Like yeah, it's
1: supposed to be this weird tender moment, and it's like
0: um. <laughs> uh, and also, since we brought it up, uh, stay tuned for The Love Boat at some point on this show because that show ran, that show ran for a decade. The Love really? Boat was on television for 10 years. So we're going to be covering I mean, The Love Boat at some point.
1: They're doing something right.
0: So this turns into a montage where John Candy is hiding the fact that he's learning to sail from the family.
1: It's very weird. Yes. It's It's almost like like uh, dirty dancing when she's hiding the fact that she's dancing from her family except weirder because the family has no, has never said don't go sailing right. there's never been a forbidden there's sailing there's
0: just no part of it that makes any sense like if he wants to do his own thing during part of the vacation I'm sure that's fine and two maybe he could just bring his family along like I they would probably like hanging out on the boat why not Scully's pretty cool yeah he's got a hook for a hand and a hell of a voice Mm-hmm. So it's this whole big montage of, of learning how to sail, which culminates in him finally learning how to jibe, which is to flip the sail. Th-
1: jibe ho! Uh, the classic uh, song from the Academy Awards and Slumdog yep, Millionaire.
0: Yep, not not the same spelling, different word.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that's J. I was making I, a joke. I
0: know. I just was making sure people knew we knew the sailing term. Yeah, because I, I, you know, um, the, hot, the sailing crowd is a is a big one on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I gets so many the... tweets about sailing. Uh Yeah, so he, he knocks Scully into the water the first time he tries to jibe, and so the, it was Chekhov's jibing. Uh, he learns how to jibe, and, and he mm-hmm. successfully jibes, and that's the graduation where he gets a little hook for his hat. And then they
1: find out that their landlord is out of the hospital, so he goes to visit him, and it's a funeral yep. home.
0: And he's wearing, like, luckily he has a suit jacket on, but he's wearing, like, powder blue suit jacket, a hat with a hook in it, and powder blue shorts.
1: And a Hawaiian yes, shirt.
0: It is uncomfortable for him. Uh, and
1: rich a-holes, just rich a in all over everybody at this <laughs> at this funeral.
0: Yes, he like tries to sign on the edge of the casket where there's the ruffled fabric, and he can't do it, so he shuts the casket.
1: And he shoes a mourner away. <laughs>
0: yes, it's amazing. He's the best. It's a great... Well, he- they also...
1: Im- it's funny because this – again, we get a thing that's like this clearly sounds like it was supposed to be a plot but isn't, that he tried to buy the land from that guy and he tried to buy Scully's land. Like he, it sounded like he was – it was like Roadhouse where the guy <laughs> was trying to buy up all the land and do something right. with it.
0: But it just gets dropped.
1: Yeah. No mention again. Yeah. I In the novelization, I'm sure it's a, it's a big really land plot.
0: It's a big land grab. There's like a big highway coming in or something.
1: Yeah. Exactly. The highway. It's for
0: the greater good. So – He gets kicked out of his house, John Candy does, and there's, like, a sad montage where he tells the family, or a sad scene, rather, not a montage, where he's like, look, guys, we're getting kicked out, we gotta go back. Rich A-Hole's our landlord now.
1: He shredded the check in front of me.
0: And so everybody's pretty bummed out about it, and that's where John Candy gets the great idea of, like, Let's have a competition. So he strolls back into the fancy ass yacht club where they were trying to eat on the first night, and is like, "I'll bet you two weeks' rent that you know I can beat you in the regatta. And if I if I lose, you keep the money. If I win, we stay for free." Mm-hmm. And and the guy's like,
1: mm, "Of course, you couldn't beat me." <laughs> and then
0: John Candy tries to like action guy his way out of it. He takes like a big handful of popcorn and tries to eat it at, like like a badass, and instead starts choking. But what I, and so did <laughs> that's what I love about it that the <laughs> the rich guy starts laughing at him and then immediately also starts choking and so the two of them are having like a wah, wah, wah.
1: but trying so hard not <laughs> and to look
0: like badasses all the while it's both of them are really great that's probably my favorite scene of the two of those guys together
1: oh for sure so then he talks to Scully about how he's gonna win the regatta. And Scully's like, you couldn't sail the Barnacle, and he's like, your restaurant.
0: Uh, so we get the wonderful, wonderful fixing stuff up montage on the Barnacle.
1: Well, it's kind of it's kind of like a half a montage, a heart to heart with his daughter, and then a full montage. Yeah,
0: it's it's a montage with like a gap in the middle. It's like uh, it's like what's new Pussycat? There's a dip in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's
1: was Trying to think of the song.
0: <laughs> Thanks, John Mulaney. Uh, yeah. So he. Starts cleaning up the, the barnacle, has a heart-to-heart with his daughter about, like, hey, you know, life is hard sometimes. What is the, what is the conflict with the daughter?
1: She's just upset that they're going to leave because she's get, she's, like, every teenager's dream is that this vacation they're going to meet someone. And she met, like, eight people. And she wants to, like, see it through with one yeah. of them.
0: And then the kids join him on the boat, and that's where the montage really picks up. And we get the theme song for this movie that was our clue for last week.
1: Turn it around. I'm gonna drop
0: it in right here. So we'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll leave that playing while we talk about this montage. You
1: think they play that at Margaritaville?
0: They, he has never played it live.
1: No, I know. But do you think like in I like Margaritavilles? I don't. No, really? I think
0: it's like a Lost Buffett song. It's like Buffett trying to do an 80s pop song.
1: I guess, yeah. But, it's, but it still has steel drums yes. and like has a, a, an umbrella yeah. straw.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we're fixing up the boat. We're scraping barnacles off of the barnacle. We're repainting. Yep. We sent our Scottish sailor guy whose job I don't really understand. He's the
1: boat doctor, I call yeah, him. Yeah, but
0: uh. wasn't he there before? I okay. don't know. Anyway, he, he's going looking I, I, for I, a I, sail. I, it's very loose <laughs> what I <got. laughs> He's going looking for a sail. That's all we really know. Mhm. Angus is his name. And he's like... They, we keep seeing, like, scraping barnacles, Angus looking for a sail. Payton Peyton, Peyton Angus looking for a sail. Angus looking for a sail. <laughs> then they're, like, drinking PBRs on the boat, Angus looking for a sail. He finally shows up, like, at the last possible minute with a sail.
1: Like the morning of the regatta and already, as the boats are lining yeah, up. Yeah,
0: they they get to the regatta as it's starting.
1: And they're like, well, last minute edition, yay, for the barnacles. Yes. Isn't that a restaurant? Yeah.
0: <laughs> the barnacle enters the regatta which is just a boat race i don't know why they they in case anyone didn't know what a regatta was and they join in and they're kind of hanging in there for a bit and then they start to lag
1: and they realize that all of the refrigerators are a still in the bottom of the boat or the deck yeah the top part below deck the hull below deck i'm not a sailor thank you all the refrigerators are, A, still there, and B, still full of food. Yes.
0: So they have a good old-fashioned pollute-off, and they <laughs> throw, like, three chest freezers, like, commercial-sized chest freezers into the ocean.
1: Fuck the fish.
0: Yeah, along with, like, a, a thousand fish sticks.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the sharks are going to be happy. There's there's fish just floating yeah, around, it, smelling like fish.
0: Yeah, except for, you know, three giant freezers.
1: <laughs>
0: That's all that Freon.
1: And you know fish are going to get stuck on those freezes. Oh,
0: absolutely! That's not going to be like a natural reef. Well, you know what's going to
1: do? It's going to turn like it's going to turn into the, like the bubble treasure chest that you oh have God. in a, the aquarium. <laughs> Except it's, it's a gonna Freon
0: leak the... and it's like just poison yeah, leaking out of gonna, it.
1: It's going to go to the bottom and like as the as the, as the lid opens,
0: <laughs> the lid opens and shuts.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> and here we get the moment we talked about earlier. So. It's the worst line dub, I think, in the history of movies, because normally line dubs are to cover up a swear word on a TV edit, which is always fun to see. You know, your favorite R-rated movie is Mm -hmm. now on TBS, and because of that, it's got, you know, six weird ways to say the F word.
1: But this one is... Or it's sometimes that the the day of the the sound got messed up and they couldn't quite understand what the actress was saying. Right.
0: Well, that's a typical dub, but like I'm normally you don't notice those. Like that's, that's supposed to be not noticed in a movie. Yeah. But the reason you notice this one is because the baby who sounds like this for the whole movie. I'm hungry. Now sounds like this. Mommy, can I play the basement with your coo? For a single line, <laughs> there is absolutely no reason for it. You could have just had the kid walk into the basement with Yorku and had one of the adults, like, have him record an off-screen line. It's like, go down the basement with Yorku. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's complete madness. And... It's it
1: hilarious. Though. Oh,
0: yes. And apparently what it was is uh, Andy from the Goonies recorded the little girl's line because she didn't want to travel to just do the one line of ADR.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So... Whether or not that's true, I don't know. That's from IMDb, but yeah, I everything about that is just weird and wonderful and delightful. It's one of the first movie mistakes I ever actually noticed myself.
1: Yeah, I, I, def- I definitely think that because it started our long journey of noticing things. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we get to like the final triumphant here, triumphant bits here, and we're we're racing and we're not quite able to to, to catch the bastard in his boat, and that's when Jack spies a airy small single-engine airplane having some trouble. Mm -hmm. Its wings are dipping, it's wiggle-waggling all over the place and Jack realizes that the plane is in a funnel (laughs) gunnel. Which isn't a thing, by the way. No. Not a real thing. But he's seen it all the time at the airport and apparently it's like some weird, bizarre gust of wind that is magical, but it picks up and starts pushing their boat and they're about to win, but they need one last boost. And this might be my favorite gag of the whole dumb movie, because John Candy needs a little bit more sail, <laughs> and so his response is to take off his pants and run them up the mast. And so John Candy, wearing no pants, does a little like smarmy FU finger waggle wave as they pass by the other boat, and he wins mm-hmm. the race.
1: And it's brilliant. They, they They fire the gun, they win. It's wonderful.
0: And I like that the people judging the race are like, is that legal? And the guy goes, I don't know, but who cares?
1: <laughs> Clearly everyone hates this a-hole.
0: Who's won seven years in a row. Is it just seven? It felt like more. No, he's seven years in a row. And that's our movie. It's a tight 84 minutes. We're in and out. And, and on no, 86, it's 84. When the credits start. Uh,
1: well, the box says Yeah. Yeah. The minutes.
0: actual no credits of the movie is 84 minutes. Uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts on, on summer rental?
1: It's a classic. Watch it.
0: <laughs> it's a classic to our family. I don't think it's like a classic in the pantheon of like.
1: <laughs> well, No, but I just mean like it's it was poorly rated when it came out, but I don't really super understand why.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, it's not a bad film. It's it's not as good as like Uncle Buck or Planes, Trains and Automobiles. If you're talking like John Candy vehicles, it's definitely yeah. not the same tier as those movies, but he's fantastic in it. And it's like a great dumb summer movie. Uh, I don't know. How, yeah, it's how, just so fun. Yeah. It's goofy. It's preposterously silly. And just, like I said, the stakes are low. You don't have to worry. Like, no one's trying to save the world. We're just trying to win two weeks of free vacation. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the stakes are, are very low here. We should do everybody's favorite segment Bye- Hot Tag Taglines. Hot Tag Tagline
1: Summer Rental. No, it's this John Candy movie from the 80s. It's, it's, he and his family go on vacation. It's, I'll, I'll just show you.
0: <laughs> Hot Tag Tagline Summer Rental. You don't need a check; you just have to win.
1: Okay, I'll take uh, it. It's not that, a game, that, but that's, it's solid. That's, that's
0: the gr- that's the gritty the gritty tagline for this trailer. When they recut for this movie, they recut the trailer to be like yeah. dark and gloomy.
1: <laughs> when the Christopher Nolan version,
0: yeah, exactly the Nolan reboot of of it gets a blue
1: time. it gets a dark blue filter over the whole movie.
0: <laughs> Everybody's in orange. Normally I make you sing a theme song, but I like that it's Buffett song. I already got one. Yeah, it's I like wh- that it's p- classic. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that Buffett track on again to take us out of the program. Thank you all so much for listening. We really love having you here. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get it. Uh, if you get us on iTunes, we would really appreciate the reviews there especially. That helps us spread the word. We do have one to read for you. Here, give me. We do. So our latest review... I don't have the full title here, so I'm going to guess that it's the rest of the word is Hidden Treasures of the 80s. Amazing podcast about the hidden treasures of the 80s. I hope that's the correct title. This is by DB010203. If you remember the 80s at all, then you will love this show. They do a fantastic job of covering things you'll remember again once they mention it. Everyone knows the big stuff like Back to the Future, but what about Teen Witch? The show is super fun and nostalgic. Highly recommend. Thank you, db 10203 We greatly appreciate that. So that is where you come in. You review the show. We read it on the air. So please rate and review on iTunes. I don't care if you give us one star or five stars, but just go rate the damn show, please. Yeah. Find more of us at Facebook.com slash Dissecting the 80s.
1: Instagram.com slash DissectingThe80s or DissectingThe80s on the app.
0: Twitter.com slash Dissectomania and DissectingThe80s.com has anything you will ever want to know about us and the show.
1: And more. More more than you want to know,
0: probably. Yeah, yeah well, that's probably accurate. Debatable. We, we overcompensate a little bit. We're tying into a movie that's coming out that has a lot of people upset, and we're going to remind them... That they already made a bad one of these movies. We need to give the fine folks a clue for next week. <laughs> uh,
1: if you are in the Wilmington, Delaware area, check out bootless.org for tickets and information about Musical of the Living Dead, which I am currently in rehearsal for, playing Judy, a uh, pregnant redneck, and Karen, the nine year old with a foul mouth. Uh, there is a splatter zone called The Pit. Uh, it's super fun, super stupid. Come enjoy some great, fun, bloody musical theater.
0: See us live in person discussing Dirty Dancing at the Baltimore Podcast Festival, BeMorePodFest.com.
1: Hashtag BeMorePodFest. Don't you forget the old day. Don't you forget about me. <laughs>
0: Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow. We decided there was no better way to kick off a full-on summertime. We decided there was no better way to kick off the...
1: It's your beach house mod. No, it's your regatta. It's your regatta, right?
0: Uh, this is a perfectly silly little 80s f- f- I'm messed mess tonight. And don't forget to see both of us live in person talking about a podcast at the Baltimore Podcast Festival.
1: Nope, talking about a movie. I mean, we can talk about a podcast. That would be fine, but it might get boring.